And strike three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Welcome to episode 18 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In this, uh, in this episode, I am going to speak about the World Series that just concluded. This is being recorded on Tuesday evening after the Dodgers ended their 32-year World Series drought in defeating the Tampa Bay Rays in six games. Well, first of all, I'd like to take a minute to laugh at Kevin Cash. Because, I mean, that that is probably the biggest topic of this game, despite the fact that the Dodgers won. It It is all about how um, how Blake Snell was removed from the game in the sixth inning. Look, I'll start with this. It, it for sure was not the fucking reason that they lost. Not the only reason, anyway. It, the, the Rays scored one run. They, they scored... I believe I believe Randy uh, Randy Rosarena hit a home run in the first inning with one out. So over the next eight and two thirds innings, they scored nothing. Like that is the primary reason that they lost, and their offense won't be spoke won't be spoken about because Kevin Cash took Blake Snell out of the game in the sixth inning when he was absolutely cruising, despite the fact that he gave up a base hit right before um, departing for the dugout. Somebody's got to be accountable. And the last thing I'll say on it is I got a whole damn stable full of guys that throw 98 miles an hour, period. Um, so first of all, so much for that, that stable of guy for that quote unquote damn stable of guys who throws 98 miles an hour. Huh, Kevin? So three and two thirds, in three and two thirds they gave up, they gave up two runs. Um, excuse me, they gave up. Sorry, they gave up a run and they allowed two inherited runners to score. No, no, sorry, that's not how it went. Sorry, they gave up two runs. My apologies, I had it right the first time. They gave up two runs and they allowed one run. They allowed um, one inherited runner to score. Personally, look, I, I know people. Uh, old school baseball fans, like as far as you know how uh, how how they consume the game and how they uh, how they think the game should be played, are very arrogant about um, about about uh, old school tactics like you know hitting and running, bunting the likes. You know, pitchers going eight innings, da 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 da, on and on and on, and and so forth. Like. They're very arrogant about, it. and I'm not. This is not to say new school fans aren't. They are too, to an extent. Not quite the way old school fans are, because old school fans swear that how it was done in 1995 is just the, the 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 bee's knees, and nothing else can top it, and blah blah blah. And and ultimately, I feel like there should be a happy medium as far as how the game is managed and played. Like there should be elements of both, but the. Like the um, the stark opposition of analytics from a certain group of people, just makes me believe that those type of people just don't believe in actual information and consuming information and learning, and they'd rather just be stuck in whatever their ways of doing things or however they consume the game are. Because I mean, all analytics are is information. Does it affect how the game is played? Yes. Are there certain elements of analytics that might make the game, I, I guess, 
a, a little bit soulless. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, when you get analytics, you you typically get a lot of teams trying to play the same kind of way because it's the most efficient way to do things. And I understand how that could affect the product and how you consume it, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, analytics, just provides more information. It it provides it provides more numbers to look at, you know, it, more tools to help your decision making. Unfortunately, for the Tampa Bay Rays. And only for them, because fuck them. Um, their analytics probably got in the way of common sense on this fine evening. Because, look, I, I mean, first of all, they, they, they went to Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson was wonderful in the regular season. He was great last year. So, albeit it's a reliever, so it's, it's a relatively unstable sample. It's a relatively volatile sample. We know how relievers are. And and you know the fifty innings or whatever they pitch per year is not enough to to make any to draw any conclusions, and it damn sure isn't enough whatever he pitched this year because it was a sixty game season to draw any kind of conclusions on Nick Anderson. Like he's good, we know he's good, he has good stuff, blah blah blah. But look, man, he is the first reliever in Major League history, the history of Major League Baseball, to allow one or more runs in six straight appearances. So. Blake Snell is cruising through five and a third. He's just doing whatever he wants. Like, he gives up a base hit in the sixth. Okay, cool. But he's done whatever he wanted. He he ran through everybody. His stuff looks great. Like, he looks as good as he's looked since 2018, basically. And he's only thrown 72 pitches. It's not like he's thrown 96, 98, 100, whatever. He's thrown 72 pitches, and he looks great. Nothing is... Everything is perfectly... Everything is going well for Blake Snell. I, I just don't feel like you remove that kind of pitcher from that particular baseball game with a one-run lead at in given this context and for that person because i mean nick anderson i understand a part of i I understand um small sample size theory like you can't you can't let the playoff sample influence your decision making and you can't let it influence how you feel about nick anderson to a to a degree but the fact of the matter is, since the playoffs began, Nick Anderson has not been the same pitcher. That's just, it's just a fact. You cannot, you cannot overlook that. So you took out Blake Snell after giving up, after the, after giving up a base hit. And you put in a guy who has basically given up, or who has given up a run in pretty much every, every appearance he's had in the postseason. That's just, to me, it's just not smart business. And, they're saying um, Kevin Cash said after the game, it was basically, look, Blake Snell gave us all that we wanted from him, and then some, and we were not gonna let him go through the lineup a third time. And yo, on usually, that is sound logic, and this is kind of where I I may I, I may um, agree with the old schoolers a little bit in the sense that. Sometimes common sense just kind of escapes the building and it's just all based on like, okay, the numbers say X, we're going to do X. And, you know, for the most part, I understand it. Like, look, the, the analytics and analytical decision making and numbers based decision making because numbers lie. I mean, numbers don't uh, eyes lie and numbers don't. It's part of the reason the Rays even got here in the first place. And that can't be understated. Like, they had a great fucking season. They had a great season, and part of the reason they got here, as I said, is the analytics. Okay, understood. But 
sometimes common sense got to take over, right? Like, Blake Snell did nothing to be removed from that baseball game. And quite frankly, when Blake Snell is pitching like that, he is the best pitcher on your team. I would rather go down swinging with him than anybody else on that roster. Like, Morton, Glasnow, Diego Castillo, Jose Alvarado, Nick Anderson, whoever the fuck. Like, I'd rather go down swinging with the guy who won the Cy Young two years ago and looked like that guy again tonight. All of his pitches were working. The Dodgers looked pathetic on half of the swings that they took, basically. I'd rather roll with that guy than take him out for a reliever who has consistently been shaky over the last month. That that's that's basically it. I mean I I understand their process and they stick to their process. Sometimes I feel like you need to be a little bit more flexible. And and that's kind of where that's kind of where um, the spreadsheets and the numbers and all of that, like, it's cool. I, I feel like there's a human element sometimes that is overlooked. I feel like there's a contextual element that is overlooked. Not not all context is the same. This is not a, 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 a game in June. Like, Blake Snell didn't throw 102 pitches. Like, he was throwing 72 pitches. He was doing just fine. He When he's pitching like that, he is. there aren't many people on earth who pick up a baseball and pitch it for a living who are better. Period. They just aren't. So he just did not need to be taken out of that baseball game. He just didn't. But he was and boy, it took it took the um it took the Dodgers zero time to capitalize. Like it took like Austin Barnes was on first, I believe it was Austin Barnes um was on first. Immediately, Mookie Betts doubled. When Nick Anderson came in the game, I think a lot of us kind of knew what was about to go down. Like, I personally thought Mookie was going to hit one in the seats, which he ended up doing later. Shout, shout out to Mookie Betts. Um, I thought he was going to hit one in the seats. He did not hit one down the left field line. And then, and then um, after that, I mean, you know, a, a pass ball happened. Excuse me, a wild pitch happened. And then a grounder to the first scored another run. So it, it was a pretty soft. It was a pretty soft um, two runs, but they count all the same. They count all the same. And unfortunately for Tampa, they got to live with that this, this whole offseason. Like, you don't know what happens if you keep Blake Snell in that baseball game. And again, is that the reason that they lost? No, they scored one run over nine innings. So they didn't do enough. And that's why they're going home. And I'm happy they're going home because I do not like Kevin Cash. I'm very cool with this. And his stable of guys, his, uh, his damn stable of guys who throw 98 miles an hour gave up three runs in what? Three and a third worth of baseball? Some, something like that. Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah, you hate to see it. And in my case, I love to see it. So, I mean, I, I'm happy for the Dodgers. Like I've, I've always liked the Dodgers. And like it it sucks like when a pretty likable, at least in my opinion, likable team 
goes to the postseason, and especially when they, they keep losing to teams you don't like, because, I mean, there's the same dudes who lost to the fucking Red Sox and they lost to the goddamn Astros in, in the World Series twice. So they keep getting they keep getting there and they keep losing to teams you don't like. And, you know, I have a soft spot for them, so I, I'm, I'm glad they won. And they have very, very nice jerseys. So... I'm 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 happy they won. I mean, Mookie Betts. I'm I'm glad I get to enjoy him now because he he was a thorn in the Yankees' ass for a long time. I'm so happy the Red Sox made that goofy ass trade just just so they could get off uh, get out of uh, David Price's contract. I appreciate them for that. Thank you. I can now root for Mookie Betts. I might even buy his damn jersey for all for all for all we know. I might. It's a possible. It's a possibility. Like their their home and away jerseys are both very very nice. So I might buy a, a Mookie Betts jersey. Corey Seager, like I, I've loved Corey Seager since he was in the minors. Because yeah, I mean I play a, a bunch of uh, fancy baseball and I play in dynasty leagues and so on and so forth. Uh, like I, I've been in on him since he was a minor leaguer, and then you know he's had a kind of bumpy start to his career. Like he had a really good start and then you had the injury. He had a down year sandwich in between there, and then now he came. He came this year, and he was he was great from jump, and now he's a World Series MVP. I'm happy for him. Like Cody Bellinger has been has had a a very very good start to his career, like very very good player, um, flashy. You know he pimps home runs. He plays great defense. I'm glad he's a champion. Happy for him, and most of all, I'm happy for Clayton Kershaw. I don't the, the I don't really subscribe to the playoff narratives. I, I'm well aware that he has had low lights, and I'm well aware that his that his floor from a playoff game perspective is lower than it is from a regular season perspective. Why that is, I couldn't really tell you. Um, I do know that a lot of context is ignored as far as his statistics go. Like he has not been a 4.3 ERA kind of pitcher. All of the advanced pitching numbers tell you that. But we have all seen him be out of clean, fresh out of gas and being left in only to either allow his own runners to score or to to um, or being put in a spot where he puts runners on and then the 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 substandard bullpen arm that they put in ends up giving up the runs for him. We're giving up the inherited runs that count towards his record. I, I don't feel like his playoff history is is um, properly contextualized, and I will always fight against that narrative that he's some kind of choker. I feel like he's a great regular season pitcher who has been basically a slightly above average postseason pitcher who has had plenty of good starts, plenty of great starts, and plenty of bad starts. That goes for a lot of pitchers in the history of baseball. Why we act like Clayton Kershaw is the only one, I don't know. Why we act like why we act like his bad stars far outweigh the good ones, I don't know. But there's a lot of context to me that is ignored that's flat out ignored with regards to Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. But what we can say is is the following things. Clayton Kershaw is a legend. Clayton Kershaw is an all time great pitcher. Clayton Kershaw is an all time great Dodger. And finally, and we could add the, we could add this to to the, to the sentences you could say about Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw is a World Series champion. Feels good to say that. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of the guy. I'm I'm very happy that he won the championship. I'm very happy he won the championship. 
and he was very good in the series. He had he had a two and zero record, two point nine three ERA, and he averaged ten point five Ks per nine. He was very good in the series. So it's not like he could we could say oh he's carried. Da 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 da. He had two really good starts. Even and, and in the second one, he was bedeviled by a little bit of bad luck. Another common theme as far as uh, Clayton Kershaw's playoff appearances go, and. He didn't have his A stuff, at least according to him, and he and he gutted it out, and he, and he and he helped them win. A, he helped them win a a critical game five before they closed it out tonight in game six. So, the, the Clayton Kershaw, you are a champion. It's been quite a year for LA. You know, the Dodgers won, the, the Lakers won. I mean, the Rams are pretty good, I guess, if they count as an L.A. team. Uh, I don't know if, I really don't know if Los Angeles gives a fuck about the Rams. That's me being completely genuine. I know they don't give a shit about the Chargers. <laughs> so we're going we go to ignore that. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they won. I mean, I don't like the Rays and I like the Dodgers. So it was, easy, it was easy to pull for the Dodgers in this particular series. And I'm happy they pulled it out. We will see what they do with their offseason. I mean... We will see what everybody does with their offseason. It should be, it should be arguably the most interesting offseason on record. Cause like, COVID obviously throws a whole big wrench into things. Like the um the revenue dips are are uh, the revenue dips and the debt is going to take its toll. And there are still quite a few really good free agents. Trevor Bowers out there, George Springer's out there, DJ Lemayu's out there. All of that, so it's going to be a very interesting off season to see what 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 people do, what teams do, like what kind of money are they willing to spend, what kind of decisions do they make as far as tenders and non tenders go, how arbitration hearings go, and all of that. Because I mean, you had a, you you had a sixty game season that's likely to affect a a lot of these arbitration hearings, whether it's in the positive direction or the negative direction, and. It's funny because that's an incredibly small sample. So it's funny that that, that uh, 2021 salaries are going to be... Di- a lot of 2021 salaries are going to be dictated by what happened in the 2020 sprint. So we're, we're going to see how that goes. Um, a, a little prediction um, while we're talking about offseason. Like, I fully expect the Mets to sign George Springer. And honestly, I hope they do because if they if they don't do it, I see the Red Sox doing it. And look, the last thing that I want is for George Springer to be a Red Sox. As much as the Yankees seem to do a good job with him, um, George Springer is a, a he's a great player anyway. Like to me, he's the best free agent available. And also, he gets it done. He gets it done in the postseason over and over and over again. Like he, he is one of the best postseason hitters of this generation, and his numbers bear that out. And I, I don't, I want no parts of that in Boston. None, zero. Also, I, I shout out to um, Julio Urias for his performance in this series. He was very, he was very good. And, and also, I'd like to take another a moment to laugh at Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas has been has done the most the whole year. Like, mind you, I'm not criticizing him on the basis of him doing all of the, sh- the the screaming, the shouting, the jumping, the cartwheeling, the the crawling, the back flipping, uh, all of that. 
he he's been doing um with regards to dugout celebrations and and your uh whatever um you know out, outside the dugout celebrations t- teammate celebration after home runs da, da, da. he's been doing the absolute most like he has been the loudest with regards to his actions and the final at bat of the world series that man took strike one strike two and strike three why the fuck did he even bother to come to the plate why why? I mean, look, with the way Willie Adams was hitting, Willie Adams was hitting like a pitcher the entire playoffs, basically. So it's not surprising. But why did he even go up to the plate if that was the at bat he was going to put forth? Why bother? Like we we all knew he was going to make an out. Like we all knew he was going to be the last out. I, I I at least expect him to fucking swing once. Like how 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 are you the team mascot? You can't how are you the team mascot, the, the the heart and soul, quote unquote, of the team, and your season's on the line. You get on base and the tie run comes to play, and you don't swing at you don't swing one time. You go up there like a disinterested pitcher. After all of that talking, after all of that celebrating, after all of that dancing and shit. Your season's on the line, and your last at bat of the year features you looking at three pitches. Not even like you saw a ball, and he just throws you up with a nasty pitch on the fifth pitch of the at bat, and you just and it was just like, okay, well, you you charge it to the game. No, he gave you three fastballs, and you looked at all of them. Why? I don't understand. So Willie Adams went out sad. The the stable the, the the stable of guys who throw ninety eight miles an hour also went out sad, and then and then Kevin Cash took out Blake Snell only to have that immediately blow up in his face. So everything that could happen that would make me giggle and enjoy and enjoy and enjoy the World Series and how it ended happened. Because I I really don't have a problem with any of the actual race players. Also, shout out to Randy Rosarena. Oh my God, that guy was a menace. Ten postseason home runs, unbelievable. Also, it, it, it it's a, it's a, to, also to um quickly sidetrack on the Randy Rosarena thing. Barry Bonds hit eight home runs, and I want to say in like fifty four postseason at bats, he was too busy getting walked like twenty five times in that playoffs. He's unbelievable. But yeah, Randy Rosarena, I mean, all he did was hit in the minors. The the Cardinals traded him in the Matthew Libertor trade, so. The Cardinals have given away quite a few good bats. Tommy Pham, Luke Voigt, Randy Rosarena, just off the top of my head. So, I I don't know how. I'm very, very curious to see um, what he's up to next season. I'm very curious to see how he follows up this campaign. Because I know he can hit. That's what the minor league numbers say. That's what his ability says. Obviously, he showed it in this playoffs. The The man can rake understood obviously he's relatively new he's relatively new around here so people are going to make adjustments and he's got to make adjustments and we'll see i don't think he's this because well if he was this for an entire year i mean he's basically a top 10 player in baseball i don't think he's this I don't think he's this. Maybe he's not far away from it. I don't know obviously i don't have a crystal ball i can't read into the fucking future i ain't miss cleo but Ultimately, like I, I think he's probably somewhere between 
what he was in the regular season. That's just a normal, normal, really good player. And then what he was in the postseason, which was basically a baseball god. But ultimately, like, he he was fun to watch in this postseason, even if uh, a lot of his damage came against my favorite team. I didn't appreciate that part of it. But once my team got eliminated, it was fun to watch him hit, man. He was must-watch TV. Like, you couldn't... But you couldn't miss a Randy or Rosarena at bat, which sounds funny as hell to me because he was barely on the radar come September, and that was right before the, that was right before the playoffs started. But once again, congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers on on breaking their thirty two year thirty two year World Series drought and bringing their seventh World Series title home to LA. That's it for me. That's it for episode 18 of All In With Kevin. Rate, review, and subscribe. And I will see you when I see you. And I mean, we won a World Series. I can't believe it. I just, I just It feels good to say. If you, let me keep saying it a few more times. Keep saying it. Feels it. Pretty good. Keep saying it. Yeah, it feels pretty good. It's all yours, baby. <laughs>